they found this thing and it had no like means of propulsion or guidance. Like there was no uh, you know, exhaust. There was no they had no wings. It merely just kind a of giant shot around. And, it, and they could you could calculate the speed that it went as fast as Mach twenty. And what I can tell you about that is somebody who has, you know, researched and extensively discussed hypersonic weapons. And we're talking about hypersonic is Mach five or higher, which means five times the speed of sound. Uh, so if you get up to 20, you're now 20 times faster than the speed of sound. The fastest objects we've ever created on Earth are just barely capable of doing Mach 20. It's not something that we do lightly. It's not something that we can just, you know, just do. Uh, it requires a lot of engineering, a lot of sophisticated engineering, and it requires a very powerful rocket. So to have, you know, basically some kind of tic-tac-shaped craft with no obvious propellant moving at that speed, that is extremely abnormal. Hey guys, surprise! Bet you didn't expect to see me here today. I'm actually hosting, filling in for our fill-in, correct? There's too many Jasons, so they wanted to switch it up. So I'm here with Jason Simpkins to talk about, drum roll please, I wanted to talk about aliens today, so that's where this conversation is going. Um, so, for one, how are you? How have you been? I'm doing great. Yeah? I'm happy to be here. It's always a delight to hang out with you, Sarah. Ah. You know, this is, I've been looking forward to this all day. You and me both. I did not expect to be doing this when I walked into the building, and now here I am just loving my life even more than I already do. So... Let's just jump right into it. Let's, I, I yeah. want to kind of talk about there was this hearing with Congress and three witnesses slash whistleblowers about two weeks ago talking about UAPs. And I just want to go in from there. First of all, UAPs, for those of you who are not hip to the new alien lingo, we are out with the UFO and we're in with the UAP, which stands for Unidentified aerial phenomena just so everyone's up to date but what are your thoughts do you believe that there's some type of life have you seen the videos that they refer to like there's a tic-tac video and yeah if yeah. the question is do i believe in <laughs> extraterrestrial life the existence of then uh, yeah i do uh i mean just on a, the sheer volume of it so i mean we know that there are literally trillions of stars out there and the scientists who are smarter than me will tell you that 25% of them have planets in that livable Goldilocks zone from their host stars where like Earth is, where it's not too hot, not too cold. You could potentially have liquid water. So, you know, given that, it, it does seem rather odd if Earth were the only planet in the entire universe to have some kind of life on it and then how intelligent that life gets. Now, when it comes to aliens visiting the Earth, uh, I'm open to that. Yeah, sure. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm as much of a believer as anyone else. I, I will say this. When I was a kid, I saw a UFO. And so I think that very early on in my brain kind of triggered something. In whoa, me. whoa, whoa, whoa. Tell me the story. <laughs> yeah. So my dad, this was... I would have been five or six, so this would have been the very late 80s, like 88, 89, and my dad was building a playhouse for us out in the backyard. It was about, oh. it was in the summer, it was, you know, 
getting a little bit later at night. The sun had just set. It was around like seven thirty. You eight. remember all this from uh, your absolutely. Six? Yeah, you don't forget. Oh, I guess for stuff when like you're this, a child yeah. and you see a UFO, you don't I just have a horrible forget memory. that. I'm like, dang, you remember stuff from your six? I absolutely remember. This. It was a very. Okay. It was like I said. It was a very. It was like a watershed moment in my young life. I was. I was young. I didn't have you're that like much going for me. You know, I, this was the first time I realized the vastness of our universe, Crooks. <laughs> like this was the first time Dude. I considered that there might be life out there. You know, beyond human existence. But in any case, my dad was building us this playhouse, and he came in, and he was like, you guys got to come out and see this. And so we go out, and there was, like, this big, like, orange kind of cloudy dot in the sky, and it was moving across the sky, and it had this, like, cloudy orange trail behind it. So, it, it like, it looked like nothing you would ever see in, in nature. I mean, it, it, it looked ridiculous. It was like, what could that possibly be? And it was just up there. And so, you know, we saw it, and, you know, whether my dad was kidding with us or not, but, like, that was, he was like, yeah, it's UFO. But, I mean, there was even, there was an article about it in the paper the next morning. So, like, it wasn't just some, like, unique thing, you know. It was like people saw it. It was out there. It was up there. And so we have, you know, these sightings. I mean, now, what was it scientifically? I don't know. Like, yeah. could have been anything. And I was I'm, I was the least capable to judge because I was six years old. <laughs> so I'm not the one to ask. But in, in that moment, you know, I think that's where I decided concretely, of course, of course there are aliens because I saw a UFO. And, you know, I do know that that kind of triggered probably an interest. I mean, you know, reflecting on it, I, I think it's now kind of makes sense that a lot of my job is kind of investigating technology that's being developed by, like, government labs. Because that, I think, was my first kind of, like, my gateway into, like, the world of conspiracy, of, like, that there's something that the government's hiding from us, that there's something out there. And that carried on through when I was a teenager. I stayed very interested in, like, aliens and, you know, even more conspiracies, like the Kennedy assassination and stuff like that. I became kind of just obsessed about, like, what are these secret things that we can't know about? And now here I am as an adult literally working to uncover those things so that people can invest in them <laughs> and profit from them. True. And so that's, you know, that's, you know, there's a very now clear trajectory of my life that I'm now seeing that I think we can trace back to me seeing a UFO at age six. True. Quick, yeah, quick plug, because all this stuff has been considered a national security threat. And this this guy's got a bunch of defense stocks in his pubs, the Wealth Advisory, their secret stockpiles, a link below, check in the description. But anyway, back to the more important stuff so i want to pull back to your story and also you using the term extraterrestrial life intelligence whatever because in this hearing the main whistleblower grush grush what's his name i don't know g-r-u-s-c-h is how it's spelled his last name and he talks about how he doesn't like to use the term extraterrestrial because he doesn't like to i actually wrote the exact the exact quote. I like to use the term non-human. I don't like to denote origin because extraterrestrial means outside of our Earth. What if 
these weird things have been here this whole time. So, okay. Because I'm just, I mean, there's also, right. I still believe that there's life on other planets or other in space, outside in space. Because, again, like you said, space is I'll vast I'll just say this is another case of this pronoun <laughs> debate just going way too far. You True. Know? Everybody's got their pronouns. Now you can't call them extraterrestrials. <laughs> like, all right. I'm non-human. Non-human. You, they, the aliens identify as non-human. Okay? That is fine with me. Like, okay. I, will, I will try to use the preferred nomenclature for non-human alien forms, alien life forms going forward. On behalf of all non-humans, <laughs> thank you. If there's an alien among us, it's you. Yeah, honestly, <laughs> probably. But because some of the stories they talk about are like seeing these certain, because that's like a whole thing because people are like, oh, well, unidentified aerial phenomena could just be some person's little drone and blah, 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 them just not having like a record to it. Okay, yeah, well, some of the th- things, okay, the things that they're seeing cannot move in any way that our technology has been able to get to. They're like, there, there's some stuff that can travel up to Mach 2. I don't know shit about Not Mach's. even Mach 2, actually, Mach 20. You're well, off by a factor of 10. Oh, my God. Which so is... they calculated, that was in the case off the coast of uh, California, where I think it was like the Nimitz they'd identified. That's the Tic Tac you were talking yeah. about. That was, it would go up and down and side to side. And Literally. They found this thing, and it had no like means of propulsion or guidance. Like there was no, uh, you know, exhaust. There was no, they had no wings. It merely just kind a of giant shot around. And, it, and they could, you could calculate the speed that it went as fast as Mach 20. And what I can tell you about that is somebody who has, you know, researched and extensively discussed hypersonic weapons. And we're talking about hypersonic is Mach 5 or higher, which means five times the speed of sound. Uh, so if you get up to 20, you're now 20 times faster than the speed of sound. The fastest objects we've ever created on Earth are just barely capable of doing Mach 20. It's not something that we do lightly. It's not something that we can just, you know, just do. Uh, It requires a lot of engineering, a lot of sophisticated engineering, and it requires a very powerful rocket. So to have, you know, basically some kind of tic-tac-shaped craft with no obvious propellant moving at that speed, that is extremely abnormal and literally and with the tic-tac thing it was talking about like some of the movements that it did for one just completely stopping midair and going in complete opposite direction like there's no plane that can do that and even turning it's making 90 degree turns it was talking about they were like it was eighty thousand feet up in the air completely dropped down to twenty thousand feet hovered there for hours and then just like went back up into space and eighty thousand feet that's high as shit do you know how commercial airlines? I looked it up just 30? to prove a point. 30, yeah, thirty-three to forty-two thousand, and this is double that. I'm like, Dirt, that's up in the stars. Yeah, you're up in you're up in space. You Literally, know, you're in the kind of low Earth orbit type space if it, at eighty. Crazy, but. Just one more story that because I was literally just again watching this thing just to refresh my memory. But the craziest story to me is the Vanderberg Air Force Base story when there was a bunch of Boeing mechanics there, and all of a sudden. They see a football field length cube coming up from the ocean and then hovered over one of their air base things for about 45 seconds and then just launched up over the mountains. A football field cube coming towards you. And then I'm just like, for one, show me the video. There's got to be cameras. I don't like how there's been like the same two recycled Tic Tac, this other thing. I'm like, bro. And the one guy's talking about, sorry, I'm just going to be all over go, the place. because I am so, go on. I'm this thing, oh, it's been so exciting. And it talks about 
uh, one of the witnesses at the, in the hearing talks about there's like 30 people that have had similar stories that they talk to about. I want the evidence. I need to see the videos. Like I know that they're out there. I know that they're classified. It's a whole thing. But can you just imagine? And they talk about force fields around them. Like one of the other stories. Let me look it up. The one off of Virginia Beach, which is not that far from here. So just showing there's California coast, East Coast. It's all over the place. But different story. There was two, you know, these terms, 15, 8, wait, 5, 15, 518 Super Hornet. So that's a fast, like. Yeah, Super Hornet. Super, yeah, okay, that's a Super Hornet. It's yeah. a fast fighter jet. <clears throat> Basically, it was split by a dark gray or black cube that was about 5 or 15 feet, 5 to 15 feet that had like an orb around it. So I'm already picturing like sci-fi, like bending the space and time around it. And then in one of these videos, you can kind of tell, I'll clip it, I'll put a photo, boop, that shows one of their radars. And it actually looks like there's like an orb around it too. And I'm like, you know, cause like talking about how, like there was a documentary about people just flying fighter jets too. And you can like, that can knock you out and you could die if you're not properly yeah, sure, trained. The, the G-force of it all. Yeah. You know, depending on like, how many Gs you get up, you can lose consciousness, yeah. And like, uh, there's just so much happening i don't know yeah, i well, don't even know i think a key point in all of this it's that we're talking about sightings by fighter jet pilots you know we're talking about professionals professional airmen people who spend a lot of time in the skies who are extremely familiar with the kind of technology that our military has and what our limitations are and what our capabilities are and these are the people that are seeing this and i think for a long time you know, obviously in the military, it was either suppressed through outright, you know, classification, like you're not going to talk about this, or stigmatizing it, basically mocking anybody who comes down and says they saw something that they shouldn't have seen up there. Uh, and there was this kind of idea like, oh, you know, well, it's just some lunatic out, you know, night fishing in a lake in, you know, middle America. And he says he got abducted. And what kind of looney tune is this? You know, it's just kind of like this crazy everyman. We can't trust these these poor folk on the ground, you yeah. know, doing all their things. What is this farmer out in Nevada now? You know, it's just a weather balloon, you dummy. <laughs> you know, it's like this kind of very condescending yeah. thing. But now what we've gotten over the past few years from the military is a little bit more more of an acknowledgement than they ever made prior, which is that, okay, yes, you know, this stuff exists. There's stuff we cannot explain. There's stuff our pilots are seeing. You know, we've gotten a little bit of, you know, footage of it. Uh, I think from them, they kind of push it out of concern that this could be something that our rivals have. You know, it was almost kind of like an open call to the scientific community to explain it for them. Because, you know, I think they've clearly reached a point where they don't have an explanation for what they're seeing. And the worst case scenario, I mean, <laughs> outside of maybe an alien invasion, would be that this is some technology possessed by our adversaries. Yeah. And I think for a long time in the United States, that too was rather unthinkable that, you know, a country that's not the United States could possess a technological edge over us. But again, with kind of recent advances that we've seen uh, in China and, you know, especially Russia, again, having their own hypersonic weapons, the, the advancements China's made with hypersonic glide vehicles in particular that we have not been able to match yet, uh, I think that's kind of woken the Pentagon up to the fact that, you know, it, you can't just keep brushing stuff under the rug. It, at some point, you need to start closing technological gaps. And if you no longer feel you have a technological advantage over your, you know, adversaries, then that's a problem.
And, you know, I think, you know, again, for a lot of it is we talk about if there is a cover-up, what would it be? And, you know, we talk about specifically this whistleblower and what makes his claims, you know, more unique than just being like, okay, well, I saw a UFO in the sky. It's we have a UFO recovery program. Exactly. It's that we go and collect this debris and collect this wreckage, and we're trying to reverse engineer it to get our own, again, edge over global competition. And so that's kind of been the working theory. It's that, you know, this is all obfuscated to either protect our technological leads or to try to gain one. And so, it, you know, I think that's that's just kind of where we're at now. But it is, it, at least it is a little bit kind of heartening in a way to see the government at least start to acknowledge this stuff and not just, you know, write people off as quacks. Exactly, because that's a whole thing, too, that they discussed. It was like, okay, what is it that we can do to help people feel comfortable being able to come forward because there was such a stigma with this kind of stuff? And them saying that having this hearing alone is great, and I know that they, there's other things that are supposed to be kind of coming out over time. Like NASA, I believe, started some type of UAP, like, research program that they're supposed to be coming out with some type of, like, speech or talk about something soon. But another thing that they mentioned, because we're talking about, yeah, like, again, there's a stigma and people in the military, like, they started seeing this, and then they kind of started having little briefings before they'd go out. But one group of people that don't have any type of proper reporting is, like, commercial pilots. So, sure. like, regular-ass Delta, United, whatever, flying all of us on our little vacations or whatever, and all of a sudden seeing some of the shit out, the w- like, their window, and they're like, hey, this actually is a security issue for not just, obviously, the military or whatever, but these hundreds of people on this flight, and, like, they don't have a proper way of reporting that, and there's also probably a stigma with that as well. So I'm right. just like... I'm already a window seat girly, but I'm about to be looking out the window all the time. Well, for like, a long time, too, that was like a cliche about airline pilots is that they were drunk all the time, which no. is kind of absurd, really? right? When you think about it, yeah, in like, you know, <laughs> modern times that this was like a thing, but it was just that like, you know, airport pilots used to just be drunk. And so <laughs> if you came back and you were like, oh, yeah, I definitely saw a UFO out there, <laughs> it might kind of incriminate you in a way. Either it'll be like, let me smell your breath or, you know, like, okay, buddy, like, <laughs> you're going to have to take a few trips I off. <laughs> I did not know that was a thing. Oh, yeah. Stigma. What? Or not? Yeah. yeah. That was a, that's, a, that's a trope for a while. Yeah. The, that pilots, they get like a drunken pilot because like, you know, they'll say like, oh, the plane just kind of flies itself. You know, they just kind of put oh, on sit there, autopilot yeah. and they're just sitting there just like, or, you know, hanging oh out at the gosh. airport bar or whatever. They have pilot bars uh, near the, the airports. Oh, my gosh. Uh, but, yeah, no, that was always kind of like a thing. You know, it was, it was kind of the way that, you know, it's just one of those things yeah i did not realize that dang i mean yeah i would assume this kind of mainly autopilot because flying a plane sounds overwhelming but yeah i don't know i've just been fascinated my fiance that's been his whole like we've just been listening to podcasts there's docuseries out there it's been like the main thing we've been looking into at home when we watch like tv yeah, there's some, there's some fun stories. Like I said, I mean, I'll watch it, and I take it all with a grain of salt. I think it, that's important is to, you know, I'm like I said, I'm obviously open to all of this, you know, and I don't rush to dismiss or explain anything. I uh, And especially when it comes to, like, so-called crazy ideas. Like, again, I think in this industry, a lot of ideas get called crazy. Like, just when you're an investor or, you know, an entrepreneur or some kind of business person, you might have some quote unquote crazy idea for something, but then it works out and it turns out to be a billion dollar idea. So, I, you know, I don't think you want to be dismissive 
of you know new notions or things that challenge the way you think about the world around you. Uh, at the same time, you also don't want to be gullible and just you know lap everything think, up. Yeah. But having said that, like if I'm hanging out on my couch and I'm just looking for something to watch, and there's a, like an alien investigative program, I will watch that. I will watch the hell out of that. And like one of my favorite stories of all time, alien related, came out of that, which is that back in like I guess the 1960s it would have been, or maybe 1970. Uh, Richard Nixon was golfing with Jackie Gleason of Honeymooners fame. You know, if you're familiar, you're a young kid. So I, yeah. But you're aware of the Honeymooners. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Is that a movie or something? No, it's a TV show. Oh, is it a show? It yeah. A no. little, okay, so back in the 1950s, <laughs> there was a TV show called The Honeymooners. And you're going to love this. The guy's catchphrase was, to the moon, Alice, as in, I'm going to beat my wife. <laughs> And so you can't get away with that anymore. But that was Jackie Gleason. And so he was out golfing with Richard Nixon. He had a golf tournament down in Florida that he would run. And he was really into UFOs. And so obviously when you have a president there and you have access to a president, you're almost kind of duty-bound to ask them about this. And so he started asking. And, you know, Richard Nixon kind of like played it off. Like, "Eh, I don't know, yeah, maybe. And then later that night at like midnight, there's a knock at Jackie Gleason's door, and it's Richard Nixon, and he has come alone, and he doesn't have Secret Service. He just It's just him and a Cadillac, and he's like, get in, we're going for a ride. Dang. And so they get in, and they drive for hours, and President Nixon drives Jackie Gleason, allegedly, to a base in Florida where he takes him inside. He pulls up, I guess, to the security gate. He's like, ah, let me in. And so they go, and they let the president in, and he showed Jackie Gleason... Not just alien wreckage, but alien bodies. Uh, he, like he basically gave him a tour of this facility and and showed him the goods. Now this information it comes secondhand from Jackie Gleason's wife. That's what she said it. And then a guy who met with he was writing a book about aliens and about I guess maybe Jackie Gleason himself. <laughs> I don't know how much overlap was between the two, uh, but he also said that Jackie Gleason corroborated the story to him that this in fact happened. Do I believe that story? I don't know, but it's pretty cool. I like to think about I like, it. Yeah, I think it's, a good it's story. neat. You know, dang, dang, because that's it. Makes me think you're talking about just shows and stuff. I know like Obama's helping produce some show or docu series about some known like abduction case i'd have to look into it i don't really An alien remember abduction case? yeah like some people that claim to have been abducted or something i don't know that would be intense but yeah well i always felt for those people i mean it's a lot of people you know to choose not to believe yeah you know to just be dismissive of and like i said the stuff with the the air force that goes back to even the roswell days you know the guys that headed up the roswell crash site investigation they came out and said we it wasn't a weather balloon you know it was technology and we took it away and we played with it and we never saw anything like it before and we didn't know how to emulate it uh but then there's also like average people that have these stories and my question is always just like well why would anyone make this up you know what's in it for them what like these people aren't signing major book deals they're not you know getting you know I don't know, television pilots or whatever. They're not becoming famous overnight. No one's paying them money. They're not getting yeah. anything out of it. And so, if anything, it just it hurts their reputation. So, like I said, the stigma of it, it, it 
you know, it, it negatively affects them. It makes them unqualified for promotions. You know, it, it hurts their careers. It, it hurts their personal lives. They, then they become a la- laughing stock. Yeah. And so I don't see the net gain for people to lie about this kind of stuff. Um, and you know, so any kind of like trauma, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I think that's yeah, like I said, I've watched, I've seen some shows, I've seen them. Uh, you know, but and like they're they they run the gamut. Some are just like a bunch of dudes, like yeah, we were out fishing, definitely saw an alien, <laughs> definitely <laughs> saw one. But yeah, I mean, it makes me think of like talking about just like normal day to day people, because I know yeah, having the people in the military coming forward shows that there's like people that have like security clearance and all the stuff and background checks so it's not just some yeah guy in the middle of the states whatever but i mean there was that like crash that happened in nevada a couple weeks ago but i'm just like everyone has a smartphone basically these days almost a majority of the population in the u.s does and it's like where ever anytime anything happens people instantly pull out their phone a fight happens let me record it oh your family's around you let me take a photo i don't know like well, cell phone footage of UAP exists. It's out there. People see stuff in the sky all the time and record it on their phone. True, but I feel like, I don't know. I, like, I know. You need an alien to come out and wave and I say, need Hi, Sarah. <laughs> yeah. It's me. I need up close, not just like they zoom in. It's like out of focus. It gets I live out under of the frame. ocean. Yeah, the people are like partially watching, but like not through their phone. And it's like not a full, it's not good enough. I'm just basically like, bro, come on. Yeah, I don't know. Again, I don't know what you want, man. <laughs> like, and that's tough. That's like a tough call. Like, you know. You you basically it's, that's not on that's not on us as Earthlings. <laughs> that's on, show yourselves. That's on the aliens for being all demure about this because they could land. They could land right in the middle of Washington D.C. and just roll out and be like, it, "It's all true," right? And then it wouldn't matter what the government says. It would be like, "Okay, well now it's confirmed because here the aliens are. are here." And you know, but for whatever reason, if you know. What we call them non non human intelligence non human yeah. intelligence that the non humans are here. <laughs> they don't want to be known about. They're like they're hiding in the shadows. They're lurking. They have they have secret bases under the sea and Honestly, underground. Bermuda Triangle. You know, <laughs> so they're yeah they're going in and out. They have all these kinds of weird things, and they're not you know they're they're not camera ready. They're True. not. They don't feel like they can you know be themselves and flourish and come out and say this is me. This is who I am. And this is where I'm from. True. So I think that's on them. I think they got to get a little bit more confident. I feel like we need to have not as many aggressive men in power as oh, well. Because not, I'm not trying to make us political, but I feel like you I'm like. You think they're scared? No. They're scared of the patriarchy. I mean, that's why we haven't no. gotten the alien disclosure. <laughs> the aliens won't come out of the shadows because they're afraid. I mean, you talk about people trying to weaponize space and all this stuff. Everything's yes. about nuclear bombs and guns and weapons. And it's like, what if they're just like, bro, y'all have been messing this planet up. We're trying to breathe the oxygen. If Earth implodes, it actually destroys part of the solar system. I would just, I'm just hopeful that they're all peaceful. They're like, you guys need to get your life together. Well, I think if they were going to attack, they would have attacked by now. Oh, for sure. But also, I mean, there's something to it in the sense that there is an extraordinarily high number of UAP incidents around nuclear bases. Roswell itself, the Army air base there, was where they stationed nuclear bombers. Um, and a lot of the the UAP reports that come from the military are coincidentally, and not, and not just the U.S. military, but overseas, uh, happen around 
nuclear bases, which again has kind of furthered a suspicion in the military that, well, this could be foreign intelligence trying to... Oh, they mess with it. Or, or... Or they're like, hey... It could be aliens interfering because they're afraid we're going to blow ourselves up, which is a... You know, an argument that's been made by some of, like, the, you know, the UAP UFO, formerly UFO analysts out there, I've heard them make that assertion. I mean, this was, and again, like, this was one of the other weird stories, like, that I, I saw on one of my shows. <laughs> but, like, apparently, if, if, if it's all to be believed, President Eisenhower met with them. He met with the aliens, and they formed, like, a secret pact. And they were like, okay, but you guys got to cool it with the nukes, you know. We can't have this. Because apparently once we started to get the nuclear weapons, that's when the aliens and the alien sightings, the UFO sightings started to spike after around that fact. And again, that could be coincidental. It could be just that around that time we were conducting a lot of atmospheric military tests. It could be a fact that, you know, a lot of the technology that we were seeing at that time wasn't well known to the public. And so when the public witnessed it, they immediately thought, oh, my God, that's a UFO. The aliens have come. Hmm. Or it could, in fact, be the tre- the, nope. the aliens themselves. Yeah, no, I was going to say I forgot about the treaty thing, and I thought that there was, like, some, like, time restriction on it, which Supposedly. is, like, coming up. That theory's bonkers. I mean, because that whole thing, it's that not only did Eisenhower meet with the aliens, but that he agreed to let the aliens build a base under the continental United States and that they dwell there. And I don't believe that. You know, for the record, I, I do not believe that. I could definitely see stuff in the ocean because I mean, I was looking at when you know that freaking Ocean Gate thing exploded, oh, yeah. and there was some website that could like scroll down that was just like, "This is how far a humpback whale can go. This is how far blah 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 was." And just seeing how deep the ocean gets—that's just terrifying. Yeah, our the, ocean's scary. The ocean is incredibly deep and mysterious and dark. Spooky. And I mean, if you if, if the pressure an alien if yeah if you were gonna hide somewhere and you could do that and. You know, again, if you're if you're capable of intergalactic travel, okay, and you have a craft that can withstand the rigors of intergalactic travel, then going under the water is not going to be a problem for you. you Literally, know, you could go down there. You know, so you know maybe it is. Yeah, maybe it is. Maybe the, the aliens have an undersea base. I mean, there we go. Well, I think that's. That's about it, I guess. You're good with that. You're content <laughs> yeah. with that, huh? That's your podcast interview. And on that note. Let's wrap this up because I just want to keep deep diving into UFO, UAP, non-human stuff. This has honestly been so crazy. I feel like just for one, what is up with living through all these monumental historic moments? I'm like. Like what? What else are you referring to? I don't know. Instantly. I think of like 9-11 is like the first one and then just like wars and then just like, I don't know. There's just so much that happens. I think that's just the nature of existence. Yeah. I think the people who live through, you know, say World War II probably have similar questions. Yeah. No. World War II. That's bonkers, right? I'm very, like, yeah. I don't understand why people are so violent. I'm like, can we just all. Uh, Yeah, see, that's really important to my investment thesis that that not happen. Yeah, true. Yeah, you need all of the I'm very heavy into defense, Sarah. Like, this is important to me that that people continue to fight. And that (sighs) we truly must. Two things I I will say, I will end on about since this is an investment show, True. and I don't want you to forget that, or our audience to be disappointed having clicked here and watched this. Yeah, sorry, guys. <laughs> so, <laughs> one of two things. If, if, the, if 
if the alien threat is real, then we definitely need to load up on defense contractors because when when they do make themselves known, it's going to be pure panic. It's going to be insane. We're going to have to race to defend ourselves. You know, and True. you trust me, you're gonna want to be you're <laughs> invested in defense contractors True. when the alien invasion occurs. Or conversely, if it is in fact true that we have recovered alien technology and that we are trying to reverse engineer it, which was a working hypothesis about the Roswell incident, that that is where we got things like fiber optics, that we got things like stealth technology, all of that stuff was effectively funneled through military research projects and through military labs and then funneled into the private sector where it went on to make huge amounts of money for (laughs) investors in those stocks that came from that and those companies that were born from that technology. Those companies that were avant-garde leaders in things like GPS technology, fiber optics, the internet itself, True. Made tons of money, early investors in that. And so if there really is, True. if there really is alien technology, and it, it, and it is in fact leaking through the government, it is being funneled through those very channels, which I investigate in my service, Secret Stockfiles. Dun, dun, dun. So moral of the story, aliens are real. Subscribe to Secret Stockfiles because you'll just make money off of it from... A boy, Jason. Yeah, and to be clear, I do not talk about aliens much (laughs) in Secret Stockfiles. This was really kind of a one-off thing. Yeah, but it's also something that I think we're we're it's right and proper to address. Yeah, I mean, it happened. They talked about it. There's a whole two-hour-long hearing. The one whistleblower has his own. I wrote a note on it. News Nation interview that he talks about. It's like a whole open thing, but there's more details. If you're like me and you like to know about all the UAP things, check it out. Or do what's even cooler and check the links below. Subscribe to your boy Jason Simpkins. You won't regret it. He's great. He's smart. Look at him. Look at him. Just take a look at him. What? Okay. Anyway, thank you for watching. Jason, thank you for spending time with me this afternoon. I appreciate it. It's been a delight. Right, my lord. Oh. Um, yeah, thanks for watching. Be sure to like, subscribe, comment if you have any personal UAP stories, especially because I'll read them. And yeah, have a nice rest of your day.